Some of you may know that I've been learning the Dvorak keyboard layout. It seems a little bit masochistic and self-loathing <laughs> that I've chosen to do this, especially uh, as each day progress doesn't seem to be as much as I would like it to be. Um, but I believe in the future progress. And I think that that really fits into the podcast conversation that I'm delivering to you today. What you won't know is that I spent the last couple of hours preparing this podcast, and because of Dvorak, thank you very much, I deleted all of my work at the last moment. So there is that. And yet, I'm going to bring you an equal level of passion, an equal level of commitment, an equal level of enthusiasm for this message. Because if you are a novelist, you have undoubtedly run into difficulties you never expected, a level of energy output that you had no idea was possible. Let's dig in. I'm the reluctant book marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. Today I'm going to be reading you another segment from my forthcoming book, The Seven-Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. I hope you enjoy. Hard and challenging are not the same. Challenging and hard can be synonyms, but often aren't. Pushing a car up a hill is hard work by anyone's definition, but difficult by none. Making phone calls eight hours a day is hard and challenging. Figuring out how to make someone smile? That's another thing entirely. Somewhere in the process, you're going to want to quit. It's okay if you decide the effort is too great, that the enjoyment is too little. But if you do feel that way, accept responsibility. I encourage you to. There's little benefit in self-deception. After about a year working at Second Nature, oh, and by the way, Second Nature was a company that did wilderness therapy for troubled teens. I worked there for a year. Uh, anyways, after about a year working at Second Nature, I was given an opportunity to work on an oil rig. The company was called Rocky Mountain Drilling, and I was going to be assigned to a drill hand that was a former coworker of mine at Second Nature. The work was physical and the weather wild. Some shifts would see me wielding a pry bar on a metal auger for 12 hours, relentlessly. Those were the days when the drill hit packed, wet clay. Other days, the drilling was light and the dirt crumbled away with ease. 
But just because there was less for me to do cleaning out the auger didn't mean I was allowed to relax. In the oil fields, the culture is busy work regardless. So on those days, I might get a rag from the cab of the truck and clean the seats or arrange paperwork, shoot, build a dirt mound, anything to stay occupied. If you were caught standing around, you might be told to pack your junk and go home. There was no tolerance for taking it easy. Since I'd previously worked at Second Nature a week on and a week off, I'd never chosen to rent an apartment. Instead, I opted to live out of my Chevy Blazer. Though my situation changed working for Rocky Mountain Drilling, I continued living out of my car, saving the rent money. Whenever I had a day or two off work, I'd travel wherever I wanted and spend without regard, because I made good money and had no bills. Several months into the job, my stepbrother called me and asked if I knew any companies hiring. That's because I had told him it was an amazing job. It was a really cool place to work, and, well, that was where my perspective was. <laughs> I'd befriended a rig hand at another company, so I did a little poking around and helped my brother get work. Two weeks after he arrived, my brother found me before a shift and told me, Bruh, I am going home. This place sucks. He was quitting. Living out of his car was too challenging. He didn't mind the labor, but found the changing environments taxing to his sleep. And if he had a day off, he didn't know how to fend off boredom. While I know he and I operated somewhat from personal preferences, there's a caution and a lesson from the oil fields for all of us who want to cultivate the seven-figure mindset toward our novels. Anyone can do hard work. It keeps you occupied. Your mind off distraction, confusion, sadness, or depression. Those who choose to challenge themselves will be met with a host of obstacles. I no more enjoyed the cramped, unpredictable climate of living out of my car than my brother did but I embraced a vision my brother lacked. The freedom to travel and spend money like an idiot illuminated a core part of my identity as an adventurer. For that reason, my threshold for discomfort was much greater. As writers, this applies to us when we begin seeking readers. It is the challenge we need to be most clear-eyed toward. If writing novels is the thing you most desire in life, and having readers for those novels is an identity-level concern, you will have a robust immunity toward the challenges of finding readers. The challenge most writers face is in their I statements. Let me be clear here, okay? That's quote, I statements, unquote. Like me, identity level. This is who I am as a person, okay? The challenge most writers face is in their I statements. Ask most writers and you'll find they say, I'm not a marketer. I'm not a marketer. I'm not a marketer. Hey, listen, I'm not a marketer, okay? I'm primarily a writer. I'm just not a marketer. I am a writer, not a marketer, okay? Saying it makes it true. Hear that again. Saying it makes it true. If you refuse to be defeated, though, you need to adopt a radical mindset toward this challenge. It will require you to adapt your very identity. Who you are as a human being needs to change. 
if you want to succeed in this industry. Okay, let's not leave room for luck. Who you are needs to change if you want to succeed. And I know when I worked in the oil fields, I didn't have to change my identity. That part of me came as naturally as waking up with this handsome face. But you've come this far with me, so surely you remember how I was once like you. Believing a great book was all I needed and that I was not a marketer either. I had to go through this, guys. I had to go through this. I had to change my identity just like you will, just like you do. You have to stop saying I'm not a marketer. You are. If you want people to read your book, you are a marketer. End of story. Okay? Faced with the ultimatum, I chose to change my identity. And you can too. Hope you enjoyed this little segment of the forthcoming book. I have every intention of publishing it at the end of September. The writing is almost complete. The editing is in full swing right behind me. So I think we are going to be ready with a product that can be in your hands by the end of September. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a pre-launch window so that I can get some sales and maybe hit a list. We'll see what happens. I mean, gosh, I talk about being a marketer, so I should hope that my book will maybe up the list. We'll see. Okay. I really do believe it will. Um, and I want to use it as an example of how we can do this, but it is nonfiction and I'm talking to novelists. So yeah, whole different set of, uh, worms to fish with bait to chum sharks to blood the water. These are getting grosser and grosser. I want to thank you for listening. You are my favorite people. And I don't know most of you, but I just know that if you are listening to me, I like you. <laughs> That's my ego talking. Uh, <laughs> I do want to remind you, I have a Patreon. If you want to be a patron of the show, that's absolutely wonderful. But more importantly than that, okay, key into this book. I, I wrote it for you, and I can't tell you enough how it matters to authors to sell their books. So please buy my book. Buy my book. I'm going to give it to you for free if you sign up for my newsletter today. If you send me an email at jodyjsperling at gmail.com, 100% free of cost. But here's the deal, too. Every single person who gets a free copy, I'm personally buying it for you out of my own money. And I'm more than happy to do that because I am passionate about teaching you how to sell your novels. But that said... Feel free to buy it if you want to, okay? You can buy it. I am putting it up on Amazon for 99 cents for the ebook, okay? As soon as it is in the pre-launch window, you'll be able to pick it up for 99 cents. That is less than a greeting card. That is less than a Chalupa at Taco Bell. That is less than a Junior Whopper at Burger King. That is less than a gallon of gas. That is less than anything that you are buying on a regular basis. 99 cents. You can get a life-changing book that will teach you how to sell more copies of your novel by changing your mindset. So please, support the book. Buy the book. I'm asking you to buy the book. And I'm also telling you, I'm giving it to you for free if you sign up for my newsletter. That will be linked in the show notes. Or if you send me an email at jodyjsperling at gmail.com, either of those ways, you will get a free book. I will buy the book. I will gift it to you. I am so happy to do that. I can't even begin to describe. Would love to help you on your journey. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet. 